This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with WBEZ and Vocalo Radio's Ayana Contreras. Hey, Ayana. Hey, what's going on? Contributor Christina Lee. Hi, Robin. Serena Turos. Hey, Robin. And Radio Milwaukee's Tariq Moody. Howdy, Robin. Howdy. It's New Music Friday, and we're taking a quick look at the best releases out now on July 8th, starting with the singer Brent Fayez. His new album is called Wasteland. This is the song Price of Fame. Bitch wanna take me off of here. Bitch wanna knock me off my square. Look at that. I can fake a smile and start to wear. And I can't show no love that shit to wear. Is it come my whip so fast, you don't see no flaws? Is it come my so bad, she blew you off? Look at that. All of the things they want. And don't know why they want it. Oh no. Look, they don't wanna give you time to heal. They just wanna bleed you dry for real. If you're comfortable, then let no one know. They don't fuck it up. I know. I swear, yeah. One thing I like about Brent Fayez, he's done this independently. He's really built up his brand, his music, his following all independently, which is. It's hard to do, especially in this day and era. Like, I don't think he gets much play on commercial radio, but his his following is is huge. This is definitely, I think, will be his breakout album into the mainstream. He's big in New Zealand. Big in New Zealand. (laughs) He is. I never hear anyone say, oh, they're big in New Zealand. (laughs) American culture is so preoccupied with fame and wealth. Very seldom do people really talk about the darker sides of that. And I know a few people here in Chicago that over the past 10 years, their situation in terms of fame have eclipsed anything that anybody could hope for, right? Right. And watching what they actually had to deal with in their interpersonal relationships and whatever, like, it can be pretty dark. So hearing that, like, Price of Fame is a great example of that, right? But also musically, like, Gravity, one of the songs on the album... It's held together by these amazing guitars by Steve Lacey. But I got things to do. It's too much to be your boyfriend. Too much. And you ain't making this much easier. If I don't And I used to be your best friend. You see me blowing up. Don't act like I'm average. You want me home. You've got Neptunes working on Wasting Time. It's a really sonically interesting palette that he's dealing with as well. It conjures up sonically my favorite weekend album, House of Blues. House of Blues. House of Balloons. (laughs) That works too. (laughs) Production-wise, which is rare to hear that, just what Ayanna said, they hear that in R&B sonically that way. Yeah, I mean, to what both of you are saying, I think the low end on this album is pretty fantastic. These bassy, expansive sound beds that really contrast and highlight his beautiful tenor voice. 
But also, I was really struck by the string arrangements here, which were done by producer Jordan Murray, which really open up the world that he's building. Brent Fias's new album is called Wasteland. Also out now on July 8th is a new one from the band Metric. It's the group's first new album in four years. It's called Foreman Terra. This is the opening cut, Doom Scroller. This song is a real journey. It's ten and a half minutes long, so let's jump ahead a few minutes in to hear how it builds. I thought they were saying don't give up hope, but it's don't give up yet. Either works. And let's jump ahead another few minutes in and hear where it goes. This is the opening cut to the record. It's quite a statement piece. (laughs) First, I just got to say that Metric has come a long way since they were my first concert at 930 Club. I want to say this was in 2004 and they were opening for some wolf band. I tried so hard to look up which wolf band it was. (laughs) So apologies in advance. yeah. Yeah, Wolf Parade or Wolf Mother and the like. This single is a pretty good indication of what to expect throughout the album. One minute, it sounds like the apocalypse. It sounds like doomsday. But then, you know, as it progresses, there are these moments where the clouds part and metric sounds at peace and things seem fine, at least for right now. There's a lot of mood swings throughout this album. I came to it from an opposite starting point. I saw the title of the first single, Doom Scroller, and I think it's really hard to write well about technology and dropping like modern terms like that like you never hear a song that references like facebook or instagram you know there's like the cringe factor to that they totally won me over by the way so i i wasn't worried about it past you know the eight minute mark of this song but there is this journey depicting this like relentless haze of modern life and the despair of the last few years And it cycles into this moment of clarity through escapism, especially on like the title track. You know, the band actually said that 
they had this travel book sitting in their studio that they've developed this sort of fixation on the titular island of this album, Formentera, because they were just cooped up in this pandemic and dreaming of getting away. And, you know, the lead singer, Emily Haynes, says, we came to this realization that it wasn't even about the place anymore. It was about creating an escape for yourself in your mind because you're powerless over so many things. This record feels like a power pose, like taking a stance and saying, like, these are the things I'm not willing to compromise about myself and my desire to see goodness in a world that would take it from me. By the time you get to songs like I Will Not Settle and False Dichotomy, those songs kind of felt engineered for those moments when the confetti drops on the festival crowd. You know, at the end of the day, was I was thinking about it. I was like, these drastic mood swings, you know, this urge to like keep going on and see things through, like it kind of reminds me of scrolling through Twitter, honestly. <laughs> We're all just trying to make it to the other side. Poppy! Oh, horrible news. Poppy! <laughs> exactly. Oh, God, no. Exactly. I think this is the best record they've done in years. When you've been around as long as Metric, it's just so easy to settle into a soft middle. People are still going to come to your shows, right? Yeah. Uh, you can play the hits, but just Metric doesn't do that here. I think they really bring it and, and show that they've still got plenty of gas in the tank. It was really exciting to me to hear this, and I love, love hearing Emily Haynes' voice again. Mm-hmm. You know, between this and the upcoming Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's album, I feel like this is like a great year for the ladies of the early aughts rock scene to get their flowers. Um, And I think we're like really ripe for a revival of this sound. If the way that younger artists' interests have pivoted to the 2000s has anything to say about it. (laughs) Metric is the band back with the album Formentera. Let's do one more before we take a break. It's from the producer Apollo Brown. It's an instrumental record called This Must Be The Place. This track is called Catching Moments. not too familiar with Paula Brown. He's uh, from Detroit, used to be part of the group Ugly Heroes. He's collaborated with Guilty Simpson, and back in 2013, he uh, worked with the one and only Ghostface Killer for the album The Browns Tape. But this album is a just a beautiful instrumental. It's rare to hear beautiful hip-hop instrumental nowadays. And it kind of reminds me, if you remember the late Japanese producer Nujabes, who uh, mm-hmm. did the music for like the anime Sham- Samurai Champloo. Yes. That conjured up that that vibe, and I love that vibe so much. It's a hip-hop instrumental that's meant to enjoy at sunsets and sunrises. When I first started paying attention to Apollo Brown's career, so like about a decade ago, he was like very proudly 
out of step with everything else that was going on. Like mm -hmm. that was his bread and butter. It was the fact that he wasn't touching trap, he wasn't touching drill, that he was just gonna stick to his boom bap corner, especially with the revival and popularity with Jay Dillon, Nujabes and the like. I think Apollo Brown is easily a contender for that space. And it's good to hear him at the top of his craft in the process. Like you said, Tariq, these are just like really great instrumentals. I feel like any one of the rappers in and artists that he typically collaborates with could easily sort of like slide in. But because it's an instrumental album, you get to appreciate the subtle beauty of what often gets called meat and potatoes rap. Apparently, he uses Windows XP and I don't remember Cool Edit Pro. I don't know how many of you are that. I do remember like, Cool yeah. Edit Pro. It's the precursor to Adobe Audition. Yeah, he still uses that. Like, he basically said, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, you hear a lot of these young producers, well, I got to get the newest software. I got to get all this stuff. It's, it's really about what you put into it is what you get out of it. Apollo Brown has said that this album is about gratitude and, you know, for all of his success in his life and for his friends and family. And I feel like you hear that even though there aren't words in these these songs. There's just this nice glow to the music, you know, just a nice sort of warm brightness that I really loved. Apollo Brown is new and is called This Must Be The Place. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the new ones from singer Rin for short, the bassist Anna Butters, and some of our personal favorites out now. Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors, and she shares how a new study aims to impact an underrepresented community. My greatest hope for the Voices of Black Women study is that it will help us understand and identify culturally tailored ways to change and really eliminate the unacceptable disparities for future generations of Black women as it relates to cancer. To learn more, go to voices.cancer.org. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Now more than ever, your business faces unique challenges and opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, all tailored to your short- and long-term goals. Backed by the strength and stability of a top-10 commercial bank, their dedicated experts work with you to build lasting success. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.com slash commercial. A member FDIC. It's New Music Friday from NPR and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Ayana Contreras, Christina Lee, Serena Toros, and Tariq Moody. We're doing a quick rundown of the best albums out now on July 8th. We start the second half of the show off with the bassist Anna Butters. Her new one is called Activities. This is the song Doo-Wop. I was familiar with Anna because I know Makai McRaven well, and she played with him and also Phoebe Bridgers and some other folks. And she's in that L.A. scene with Jeff Parker, who's a close friend of mine. And I'm a big fan of 
basis, period. <laughs> but I didn't know what to expect on her solo effort. And I was so pleasantly surprised with how genre agnostic it is. Totally. You've got, it opens up with this song, Entrance. It gives me these organic flavors of like the bass playing with the flute. And it's really lovely. Maybe the most interesting songs for me were sort of those jagged synths that were playing with the bass lines on cuts like the title track, and there's a song called Number One, and then a cut called Rich in Dextrose. Those songs were really interesting to me because they were making me think of Anna in a whole nother light, giving this sort of 80s strange Alphabet City, New York loft party vibe. But yeah, I love the fact that they all feel of a piece because of the strength of her bass playing. But at the same time, it really feels like she's taking us on a journey and she's just stamped her passport with a whole lot of different locations. I was consistently surprised by where she takes these songs. Like you say, Ayana, she's genre agnostic. And there were a few moments where I thought, oh, my God, it's starting to get a little too smooth for me. And then she'd just veer in this completely different direction. And then you got a song like Do Not Disturb, which just showcases her bass playing, I think, really beautifully. It's just so chaotic, and there are all these little sounds kind of clicking around underneath it in really interesting ways. You know, she could have done a straight-up walking bass line and put in lots of flourishes, but it's just so, I don't know, it's just different. It's sort of lo-fi and spare, but just so memorable. It's sort of muscly, you know, like it's got like a lot happening. But everything seems very specifically determined, like very well chosen. It's kind of like a great outfit. You know, sometimes an outfit doesn't require a whole lot of extra bullshit to be a great outfit. Or, you know, have you ever heard, you know, the old school ladies used to say, okay, dress really well and then take off one piece and then you're dressed great. Like that's kind of what this album sounds like to me. I love that. Really interesting project from Anna Butters. Activities is the album. Also out now on July 8th is the debut record from the Toronto singer Ren for Short. R-E-N-F-O-R-S-H-O-R-T. All one word. Ren for Short. It's called Dear Amelia. This is the song Better Off. I was kind of saying, like, we're ripe for this early 2000s revival. 
And man, between this album, the Muna record, the Soccer Mommy album, both out last month, like, does Avril Lavigne have a chokehold on this current moment of music? (laughs) (laughs) Thematically, like, the first half of this album is very much about the breaking points of your first long-term relationship. And the second half is very much about how hard it is to build yourself into an adult based on the dreams you had of yourself as a child. Very much like these two competing parts of growing into yourself and moving on into the the second part of your life. I feel like that's such an underrated kind of album. Like, not a breakup album, not a falling in love album. The, like, we're still together, but you're actually really freaking annoying sort of album. Like on the song Mosh Pit, ruminating on the cold, hard reality of experiencing a loved one's habits up close and personal via cohabitation and destroying any sense of love and affection. For somebody her age, she's 19. Like when you grow up on the internet, it can feel like you're from everywhere and from nowhere all at once. Yeah, I mean, first of all, hip hop has long had this debate about how the music is going to sound when you grow up on the internet. Uh, We (laughs) were so concerned with regionalism and whether it was going to continue into the decades. Spoiler alert, it totally has. Uh, But it's just a little (laughs) bit more exciting now. This album overall, there are aspects of it that do sound perfectly timed to this moment where honestly the 2000s revival I feel like is already happening and then even on the song Better Off which we just heard she did actually make me laugh out loud when she said uh, hate when my stomach hurts waking up makes it worse because (laughs) that is just me on the regular at 9 (laughs) a.m. I thought if it were 1998 this would be a number one record and I always I always think that yeah I always think that with younger artists who capture a sound so perfectly like this and I think Man, if you were born about 20 years earlier, you'd be filthy rich right now because this would be being played on every radio station. We can still make it happen. Let's go, NPR listeners. (laughs) I don't know. For me, it it literally felt like one of those, and not a bad way, but it felt like one of those soundtracks for one of those movies where, from like 1997, the cheerleader who actually was good at science but didn't really know how to be herself she gets in touch with this nerdy kid who's like actually really cool and then they have like a dance sequence at the end of anyway like that that was the vibe Make that movie Quinn Morgendorfer from Daria right exactly that's it for in for short her debut album is called Dear Amelia we were off last week we didn't have a show and there were a few albums out on July 1st that I wanted to flag just so we don't miss them the artist known as Moor Mother dropped Jazz Coats last week there was also a new one from the Tedeschi Trucks band called I Am The Moon 2 Ascension. There was also the Minion soundtrack, The Rise of Gru, that has St. Vincent, Phoebe Bridgers, Tierra Wack, Bleachers, and a whole bunch of other artists. All those out last week on July 1st. But before we sign up for this week, let's take a minute and mention some of our personal favorites out now on July 8th. Tariq. I got South Londoner, producer, multi-instrumentalist, and vocalist Wooloo. 
new project called Loggerhead. I've been following his work. He's been collaborating with another artist I love out of London by the name of Alexa Moore. And this is a sonic onslaught. It's like Tricky meets Nine Inch Nails, early Nine Inch Nails. It's dark, it's loud, it's just a headphone pleasure. It's so shit. Christina. Singer and producer Ray Brown, that's R-E-I Brown. He has toured with lo-fi R&B artists like Joji and Keshi, but now he's finally releasing his debut album, and it's called Zeno. That's spelled X-E-N-O. Serena. The artist Noso has their debut album out today. It's called Stay Proud of Me. They're a Korean-American guitarist based in LA. They grew up in Chicago in the early 2000s in like the majority white suburb. And this album's kind of about overcoming social alienation. They're also non-binary, so they talk a lot about gender dysphoria and gender euphoria. And it's all pretty damn catchy. And I'll just mention a new album from the Nigerian singer and producer Burna Boy out now. It's called Love Domini. It's packed with a ton of incredible features from Ladysmith, Black Mambazo, Kalani, Ed Sheeran, of course, is on it, and a whole lot more. Love Domini, the album from Burna Boy. And that'll do it for this week's show. Ayana Contreras, Christina Lee, Serena Turos, and Tariq Moody. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Robin. you. Thanks. Our show was edited and mixed by Ron Scalzo with production help from Bob Boylan. Our director for music and visuals at NPR is Keith Jenkins. As always, be sure to check out the description of this episode in your podcast feed to see a list of everything that we talked about, along with some other notable albums out today. And you can hear full versions of the songs we played by searching for NPR's New Music Friday playlist in Apple Music and Spotify. And for NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. I hope you have a great weekend. Be well and treat yourself to lots of music. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. 
in NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them. We celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.